There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cult Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch, get up to two extra exclusive podcasts a month, give us something to talk about in the post credit scene at the end of each episode, or join us for our monthly movie club Zoom call where we discuss a film together, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshire. Welcome everybody, welcome back to the Cold Popsha Podcast, it's still Christmas time, remember when we recorded part one of this podcast all those months ago in November, do you guys remember that? No. <laughs> it's too long. I have a relatively loud helicopter buzzing uh, me at the moment. <laughs> I can hear it. Um, <laughs> this is part two of our Netflixmas special, this is um, our what has become an annual tradition Though I think we need to revise that. Um, Biannual (laughs) tradition, is it? (laughs) Now? I guess so. Um, Of watching all the either like really shit or amazing (laughs) Netflix films that appear on the platform uh, around Christmas time. They are Netflix exclusives, which is surprisingly harder to figure out than... (laughs) I think people might think. People think, oh, the Cole Popshire uh, gang, they're doing Netflixmas again this year where they watch all the Netflix Christmas movies. They, they're not listed anywhere. Yeah, cool. Netflix, yeah, Netflix go... will publish their list and, and the Cole Popshire yeah. boys can just look at that. And No. No, it's it's not like that at all. It's, it's more like you've got to look around and see what there is and then you've got to determine is this a Netflix exclusive or is this a movie made about Christmas this year that is on Netflix but not a Netflix exclusive. It just suddenly got released. And and the only really way the only real way you can tell is if it has the little like Netflix N next yeah. to the title of the movie on Netflix. Mm. Yes. So I will get into that we did we did um the first five of the eleven Netflix ah. movies uh, last fortnight and those were Operation Christmas Drop. The Christmas, the Princess Switch switched again. Um, a- Alien Xmas. Do like a little one sound review recap from um from last time. Yep. Um, Jingle Jangle oh. and I'm missing one. Holiday. Holiday. Uh, and this this fortnight this fortnight we're going to go over six more. Um, which oh, and Alien foolishly, Xmas. I said Alien Xmas. Well, fuck. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm Richard, and this is AJ and Jeremy. <laughs> yes, God, okay. Um, foolishly, I don't have a list in front of me of the six we're doing now, even though I just talked about how hard they are to figure out and remember. But let's see if I can do this off the top of my head. Okay, I do have a list in front of me, but you try. Oh, they are they are memorable. So there, we watched 
The Christmas Chronicles 2, or part 2. Part 2? Part 2. Yep. Um, the Just Another Christmas, Angela's Christmas Wish, which was a short, shorter film, about 40 minutes. Um, um, um. <laughs> say, it, say it in a German accent. Uh, Christmas Crossfire. Thank you. Um, and there's two more. Um, what one? Dolly Parton's Chris. Christmas on the Square. Yes, and Dolly Parton's Dance Christmas Dreams on the Square. Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. Of course. Now, why did you get... forget? Why did you forget that one, AJ? <laughs> it was hard to, to, because the other forgettable ones pushed their way into my head. They, <laughs> they, they saw my brain cells were quick to fi- quickly forgetting everything, and they all crammed to get in there. Um, okay, up top, I want to suggest something to you boys on pod about the future of Netflix for this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and that is. We either make this the final Netflixmas episode, or we reassess what Netflixmas means. Because last last fortnight, we sort of discussed how the idea was it was like Netflix was doing the Hallmark thing, and they were making these shitty Christmas, um, you know, disgustingly wholesome uh, Facebook mum appealing movies. Um, and I think... A couple of years ago, that's exactly what they were doing. But now, if it's just a Netflix exclusive that comes out around Christmas time, there's too many, and they're too distinct, Shit. and they're too specific, and they, they aren't. They aren't like. I get why I get where the content is, and us talking about the holiday calendar and the princess, the Prince, Christmas Prince Two, or the <laughs> Princess Switch. I get where the content is there. Where is the content in us talking about dance dreams, hot chocolate nutcracker? It's yeah. gonna be. It's gonna take five minutes to talk about that. <laughs> if that, yeah. So that's my, and maybe maybe the listeners can let us know what they think. I think we need to specifically hone in next year for Netflixmas on the Hallmark, uh, you know, style what ones and not everything. Yeah. What do you guys think? Well, uh, I this- think we should do all of them forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think each year we should re- we should go back and review all of the previous year's ones and then do this year's one. Yeah, like a, like a twelve days of Christmas where it's just exponential. Right. <laughs> I did I did think it could be fun to do a prequel uh, at some point uh, in next Christmas season and do Netflixmas twenty seventeen, which was the one that we we missed that, um, as a podcast. That would be exponentially easier to do. Yeah, because isn't <laughs> yeah. it just yeah. a Christmas Prince? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would, uh, I would, I hear you, AJ, and this is also, I mean, this is something that I actually flagged up quite early on in the previous podcast by saying, "Hey, let's not do the random documentaries. Let's just do the feature films that are about Christmas." I was watching, it might have been Dance Dreams. It was one of the ones, and I was just like, "What is this? Was this? This is the. This feels like the least podcasty film I've ever watched. What are, the, it's, it's the least Christmassy film we've ever yeah. watched. Like, yeah, it barely had anything to do with Christmas. I actually, I actually have to write them down so they're in front of me. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I have to. <laughs> and so let's let's do the what we usually do, which is talking about them one by one, um, starting with the the worst one. Um, and I'm just trying to write them down. Okay, so I'll cut this out. But there's there's dance dreams. Hot oh, are you chocolate. gonna are you gonna ruin the order? 
No, I'm just writing them down as they come to my head. Just so that he can think of them. Okay. Okay. Alright, okay. Now to say what one we thought was the worst, and we'll if we agree, we'll talk about that one. Um if we don't, we won't talk about that one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so on the count of three we'll say the the one we thought was the worst one from this lot three two one Dance dolly Parton's part two uh, wow okay so this is this the first time no it probably isn't the no. first time that all three have been different no. okay so jeremy you said dance streams richard you said christmas chronicles 2 i said dolly parton's christmas on the square i could honestly <laughs> be convinced almost either way um on what's the worst one for the second for part two yeah uh, but i, I think what, let, let's get dance dreams out of the way out of the okay. way please okay like, it, it's not it's not necessarily the worst as it's the most hateful to watch it's just the most irrelevant yeah, it's just so one where you're like, "What the fuck am I doing?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, didn't want to say this is the worst one because I don't begrudge this. It's fine. Yeah, I've, I just don't. I have care no qualms it. with it. I just, yeah. <laughs> did not enjoy what. Like, I was just like, ugh. I, 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 I yeah. What, what yeah. is this about? <laughs> All right, Jeremy, do you want to tell us what it, what it is? So essentially, this is a, a documentary that looks at the uh, Debbie Allen Dance Academy in LA, which is a dance academy run by Debbie Allen, who was one of the very early um, African-American or black uh, ballet dancers um, in, in America. And she basically has a dance academy in LA where... Uh, you know sort of your race your position in life your class you know your ability to pay for lessons doesn't matter um, it's all about how good you are and how much you want to dance and so every year they put on this big um, version of the Nutcracker which is a classic ballet that is usually uh, sort of the high point of any ballet academy or any ballet company's um, year and that she has changed it to make it the hot chocolate Nutcracker which is basically a, a sort of much cooler um, and more involved uh, version of the Nutcracker that mostly children are a part of and it sort of follows the preparations for that and also talks about also interspersed with talking about a number of different uh, dancers and why the academy was set up. Hey, and good on them, you know. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> all yeah. Full credit to the boys on this one. <laughs> Look, this is just we've we. I don't think we've we've rarely talked about documentaries on Kopovsha for the main reason that you find yourself in a trap of just relaying the information the documentary mm. puts forward. Um, and this was, I'm sure if you're really into ballet, I'm sure this fucking slaps, you know, I'm sure this rocks. <laughs> I, but... I, I don't, th I don't think so. That the, no? the problem with this, and you look on the thing is you look online and we are yeah. really not obviously the target audience for this because if yeah. well, that's all, the whole thing. all the reviews online are like, oh my gosh, 2020 needed this. 2020 needed some. Yeah, oh good my god, news. Debbie Allen, yell at me, you crazy bitch. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Debbie Allen, you can be nasty to me. But it's just like the problem with this is that it has zero trajectory. It has zero arc. There is no tension. It's just nice people doing nice things 
with with yeah. nice results there's no drama there's never any kind of like will they won't they make it to i mean i i watched a documentary on tvnz on demand a while ago uh about the career of misty edwards who's um the, the kind of the first she was the first um african-american uh ballerina to be the principal dancer for a show with the american ballet academy uh, or american ballet mm-hmm. theater which was a massive massive moment and and that was an amazing documentary uh, and and this is essentially all the beats of that documentary, but with children and with no dramatic edge to it at all. Well, the thing is, and people don't realize this going into documentaries, is like the best documentaries feel like they're made up because the story's so good. Yeah. Um, and you look at things like um. I don't know, any any sports or competition-based documentary, they're usually based around a big game or show, and as you say, there is a dramatic tension to it. Yeah. Um, this is the best just... ones of those are like underdog stories. and Yeah. Yeah. And this isn't an underdog story. This is a well-established Broadway, well, not Broadway, but Yeah, I mean, like some of the kids, like, you'd say, are kind of like underdogs, but not like really. But, but they don't, but they don't more... they're not competing against anyone. And there's yeah, also, exactly. yeah, there's right. also no, there's, they, they don't cover the audition process in terms of who gets a part yeah. and who doesn't get a part. It's essentially yeah. a news story that goes on for yeah. way too long. It's yeah. a it's a one one hour forty five minute puff piece. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it is the kind of thing. Like in terms of like, would I recommend this? It's like you'll know if you're gonna like this or not. <laughs> like if if the idea of dance dreams, hot chocolate nutcracker excites you, you'll probably like it. If you don't know what the fuck that is, like you'll probably find it boring. <laughs> and it's it sucks because I've rarely seen a documentary I didn't like. I think it might be that one of the most. Um, quality assured genres of film out there just because of the nature of it and i think that um yeah i i this could have potentially been my favorite one just because i like documentaries but it really it really wasn't um there was one part i liked and that was when they were doing tap dancing and that looked very cool at 1.5 speed playback on Netflix, <laughs> I'll tell you what. um so also, i don't have i kind of want to know yeah. the one thing i want to know about this is Debbie Allen Dance Academy going to get cancelled for cultural appropriation? Okay, let's talk about that. that. Right. Oh, my God. You pulled a talking point <laughs> from the bowels of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> they, there is a scene where they... because So, essentially, the Nutcracker story, which I'm incredibly unfamiliar with, uh, it goes around the world. No. It goes around the, the world? The, the, no, the storyline just... of, of the hot chocolate Nutcracker goes around the world. It goes around the world. And you've got um, people uh, who aren't Indian, for example, uh, dressing up as Indian characters, doing Indian dance moves for the Indian scene. And they're very proud of it. They're very... <laughs> they're very there's not an, an ounce of like, maybe this needs to be reassessed. <laughs> they are all very like, yeah, and we can do the head bobble this thing. Is, and this is like, the best... And, you know, this is the, the scene that all the girls want to be a part of and like, oh, I'm in, yeah. I'm in the Bollywood scene. I'm in the Bollywood scene. Yeah. I did think that as well. Um, and also, on uh, 1.5 speed, those Indian dancers look pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the hot chocolate nutcracker. Yeah. Don't All right, watch moving it. Moving on. All right. Second worst film. Okay. Three, <laughs> two, one. Christmas Crossfire. Christmas Crossfire. Christmas Crossfire. Christmas Crossfire? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Christmas Crossfire feels like 
a boring nightmare that when I wake up, I, it immediately leaves my memory. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Yes! <laughs> like, so we would, we found out this existed on pod last week, yeah. last franchise, last fortnight, sorry. And um, it was described in its pitch to us, Richard, as a, uh, if die if you like if the type of Christmas movies you like are more die hard than love actually or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And as we discussed last fortnight as well, is that the most interesting thing about Netflixmas is you're watching a very um easy, tangible, easy to understand way of how um target audiences work because everyone is kind of aimed at a different target audience and if you are interested in the the degrees that richard and i studied for this is what it's all about it's like these (laughs) discussions you know like this is what 90 percent of the theory was about was about demographics and so these are a great kind of field case you know a study of of those things um and so hearing that they they were doing one an action movie was like okay so at the very least uh, my caveman it's one for the boys. boy brain will enjoy a movie. It is in German, but I can watch it with a dub on or yeah, subtitles. A, a very poor dub. Yeah. Um, I thought this was... Shit house. Whatever it's... A, <laughs> it's it's hardly about Christmas, my God. Yeah. This how, snuck how into Netflix by How dare they? <laughs> <laughs> so what does anything Richard, can you relay what oh, it's about? God no. It's a, a guy, <laughs> um a guy like witnesses a mur- or an attempted murder, he inadvertently stops it by like shouting out it's like a it's like a mob hit kind of thing. Um uh, it's so much more than that, though. Isn't it? That's that's one story the line. Let's, let's get into the, the relationship, relationship storyline. Oh, okay, like, so I'm with AJ that this film has completely left my mind. I did the like the bare minimum amount of attention that you could technically say I watched this film. It took me five goes, and, but I made it through. So it starts out and it's it follows the main character is a a like a college professor. And at the start of the film, a a woman who looks like she's been beaten up essentially talks him up at a bar. Um, they sleep together in his, uh, in like his van. Van, yeah, his van that he mm. lives out of. Is that the first Netflix Miss Breasts we've seen as well? I think it might yeah. be. Or was there breasts in Holiday? I feel like there might have been breasts in a strip club scene or something in Holiday. They did say Possibly. come. They did say come. <laughs> um, <laughs> Too and late. So the next day, she's like, "Let's go on a trip into the woods." No, no, he he's he needs to go to a conference, right? And she's like, "I'll come with you." And they drive through the woods. Or they're, they're... I thought she she wanted him to go through. Oh, the who woods. knows? They go to the they go through the woods, and get distracted by a guy about to be shot. The guy, the main character, teams up with that guy in their escape, while the girl he was with um, is also running away from the mob. By the end of the film, the mob is like her family. No, I think so. Basically, they 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 are in the woods, very close to the town that Edda grew up in. Um, so she knows basically all the people in the town. Her family is still there, and essentially, the guy who runs this like this this mob racket or the sort of the heavies of the town, um, who run like a protection order. Um, his dad owns this massive warehouse that they that some of the movie takes place in. That has a big sauna yeah. in it for some reason, and. 
like essentially the young guy who was about to be killed by the mob he was trying to get off with the mobster's girlfriend and he's like i love her i'm not gonna leave her and then she's ended up going like hey dude you're a bit much um i'm gonna make sure you're safe but then i'm gonna go back to herman who's the mobster and then it just ends with the sort of random run around the town while herman's trying to kill them and just no one no one in this movie is worth caring about yeah, it leaves you alone with the guy who's in love with the mobster's girlfriend. And it's like, oh, you want me to invest in this character as much as I've barely invested in the ones we started with for them to be in a solo By scene. the way, sorry, we also forgot about the scene where the uh, the sort of middle-aged cop character tries to rape his, uh, his uh, editor uh. and then she ends up shooting him. And, and that's just forgotten about. It's a weird. It's yeah, a you're weird, telling me, Jeremy. <laughs> it's a weird movie, and I do have to apologize to the listeners on this one because this might be the least comprehensible, or the least I've comprehended a film we've watched for the podcast since A Fistful of Dollars. Like, I, and you know what? I we each kind of this Netflix must something magical has happened where we've each kind of picked our own and we've said this is my one this is the one that i'm gonna like more than the other two and as christmas crossfire started i was like this is gonna be my one. <laughs> my one's gonna be christmas crossfire and then oh my god i got so over it so fast and um i would not recommend this film i don't know if it's supposed to be funny i don't know if it's supposed to be um exciting i yeah well, where is the is- action in this movie like this there's no like exactly what? do you know what it's it's at both too dumb and too smart to be comparable because they try to make they right? try to make some commentary about like dying towns and like the fact that people leave yeah. people leave these small towns and and leave the old people to sort of you know all this sort of stuff and it's just like these conversations should not be happening in a movie that is this stupid but like genuinely i want to know what the elevator pitch to get funding for this movie was that <laughs> right because it sounds the the start of it that it's just a girl and a guy run off together is so it feels like such an improvised storyline that like you know like he, they hmm. just wrote it as they went along that for it to start getting into deeper themes it's like what is this a smart movie or a dumb movie because if you're going to compare yourselves to die hard i was excited for this movie because if it's comparing itself to die hard what that says to me is that it's simple and it's easy to follow Mm. and it's a simple concept executed to varying degrees of well done because if (laughs) if it was literally just like um yeah a guy foils an attempted murder and then they come after him that, yeah, that's the entire great. plot. That's all it needs to be. And, oh and throw in some, some, sprinkle some dark comedy on there. You got yourself a hit. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. You got the makings of a real stew right there. <laughs> so uh, I, a movie that, yeah, a movie that I either don't understand, um, isn't very good, or uh, is really good and I just didn't understand. It's definitely not the last one. <laughs> but so you're choosing that as your one, AJ? <laughs> No, no, I actually, I actually did like one of these. Um, one, one interesting thing here is that Christmas uh, Crossfire doesn't have a Rotten Tomato score, so I actually have no idea what to think. It of actually, it, it, it doesn't have Rotten Rotten Tomato score, but it does have two reviews, both of which are fresh, giving it a de facto one hundred percent rating. Um, <laughs> but both of the both of the reviews, like one is 2.5 out of four, the other one is three out of five, so they're both just like eh. barely above halfway. <laughs> What's the score for um hot chocolate nutcracker? Uh, it doesn't have one. 
didn't thought, have wow. one. I thought, thought they were. Well, because it's barely a movie, right? I mean, the thing the thing about this movie is that, like, you know, when when you see a movie and someone's like, "Oh, would you recommend it?" If I found out that one of my mm. friends was about to watch this movie, I would actively try to stop them <laughs> from like, watching no. this movie. <laughs> it's it's not just I wouldn't recommend it. It's like no, stop. Yeah, yeah. they um yeah. Uh, dance streams has one review and it's positive. So okay. All right, next worst film. Wait, wait, wait. I don't think this needs a countdown because I feel like we need we should have talked about Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square by this point in whatever I disagree. ranking is. You don't agree? No, Jeremy, what do you think? Wait, what what have we got left? Sorry. Uh so Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, Christmas Chronicles 2, um Just Another Christmas and Angel's Christmas Wish. Oh, no, no, no I'm sorry. I'm with Richard. Christmas Chronicles yeah, 2 Christmas is Chronicles aggressively is worse. worse than Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Yeah. Dolly Parton's mm. Christmas on the Square was almost the best one. <laughs> it was, until I watched the last two that I watched. Dolly yeah. Parton's Christmas <laughs> on the Square was genuinely, I was like, holy crap, is this the best one of this bunch? Yeah, but anyway, uh, uh, Christmas Chronicles Part 2, um, a sequel to 2018's Christmas Chronicles, bringing back Kurt Russell as Santa, uh, now with his real-life wife, Goldie Hawn. Um, real-life life partner. Mrs. Claus. Yeah. Um, and... Um, yeah, the villainous Julian Dennison wants to ruin Christmas. Uh, uh, directed by Chris Columbus, which should be a good thing. Um, yeah, yeah. It's one of those rare cases of a sequel getting a like upgrade, upgrading director from someone you've never heard of to a very established name. Yeah, like um, that, that was the thing because it was um, like after the first one, we were like, "Fuck!" Like Kurt Russell as Santa is the best on-screen portrayal of Santa in film, um, but the film's like you know so-so. And then it's like Chris Columbus is doing the next one. It's like fuck, you know that's that's not bad because so he, he's done Home Alone, Mrs. Doubtfire, um, and the first two Harry Potter movies, um, yeah. Just to my, and, but he also did Pixels and I Love You, Beth Cooper. Did he? He did Pixels. Oh, no, he did Pixels. Oh, God. Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Lightning Thief. Um, so that that's like Chris Columbus should have done the first one. Really, is the yeah. problem here, is that he was clearly attracted enough to the idea to do the inferior sequel. So th- to expand on the plot, what the 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 main the main human child characters from the first one, the mum is getting has, has got a new boyfriend. Um, is it? It's Tyrese Gibson, right? Tyrese yeah, yeah, Gibson. Yeah. Um, He's he's he accidentally um encroaches on Katie, who's the the protagonist. Um, he accidentally upsets her when he tells her that his favorite Christmas carol is "Oh Christmas Tree," which was her uh, passed on father's favorite Christmas carol. Yeah, and it's also the, like the the worst one. Yeah, well, not even just the idea of like Christmas carols a fair game. If you're going to get triggered whenever you hear of a Christmas carol, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah, when there's like, what, like half a dozen yeah. to choose from. Um, so she tries to get in contact with Santa to sort of like, what is she trying well, they're to they're do? On a, they're like, on a tropical high, island holiday. Um, like, yeah. And it's kind of blending the two families together with his younger son, who's just a bit younger than her, and her older mm. brother, who was the one yeah. that was like, a Pierce always sees it through at the end of the last one. Yeah. But he's aged out of this one now. And so she's yeah. she's yeah. still a true believer in Santa Claus. And mm. um, yeah. and essentially she finds the younger child, um, his the, the Tyrese Gibson's son, annoying. And she also hates the fact that her mum is spending Christmas. And she hates the fact that they're in a tropical island for Christmas because it doesn't feel... Yeah, so she, she wants to co- go cocoa, back. There's no snow, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So she tries to run away. But yes. 
<laughs> then she is transported to the North Pole by Belsnickel. Julian Dennis's character, who is once upon a time was an elf, and elves in the Christmas Chronicle uh, universe are l- like more closely like fuzzy marsupials than people there this this movie's answer to minions yeah yeah um and he used to be an elf but he was he essentially it essentially <laughs> adapts the fall of lucifer but with santa as god and Snickle as lucifer because he is very close with santa but upon deciding that he's better than the people they're serving um, is doomed by by getting by being transformed into um, as as uh, Deadpool two put it a portly a portly boy from New Zealand or yeah. something like that. Um, and uh, all right, it's their it's their battle to 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 receive the star of Bethlehem, which is the the MacGuffin of the film that powers the North Pole. Um, and I liked that they they married the Santa mythology with the Jesus mythology. Yeah, because we also see Santa's origin in Turkey as well. Yeah, like, yeah, and I think that's a cool thing this movie did is that there's there's always too much of a disconnect between the quote unquote true meaning of Christmas and the Jesus stuff. I'm kidding. The Santa stuff and the um, <laughs> <laughs> But, but um, also, it was cool also to... taking the mythology of Saint Nicholas um from Turkey yeah. and actually giving yeah. Santa's backstory of like here's how it happened, here's how he went from being a bishop yeah. in Turkey to like the Santa we know today. And I thought it was really cool how they did that. Unfortunately And it's respectful as well. Yeah. It's not it's not like blessed. Well, it's, yeah, it's inclusive. It brings it brings all the stories yeah. together and says, "Hey, all of us can sit together and as an as a nice mythology." Unfortunately, yeah. it's wrapped up in the steaming pile of a movie. Yeah, well, there's also the other kind of main thing that happens is that during the fight with Belsnickel, um, they end up getting transported back in time to Boston in 1990 at the airport, um, mm. and they need some AAA batteries to get home, um, and. Kate Pierce ends up running into her father, who's the same age as her. Um, and then Santa does another musical number because you got to have that in these films, apparently. Uh, and then, you know, they, they save the day. Snickle gets turned good again and whatever. No, Snickle just gets shown up and then they just let bygones be bygones and become his friend again. And I was like, he didn't earn... After, yeah, he was like, literal minutes up, like. after he tried to kill Kate with like <laughs> flaming balls of fire. Yeah, and also his performance is terrible. Okay, we need this is the there's crux so of much this. to we've, talk about. We've we've out we've outlined the story and we've outlined the 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 sort of the story arc and the characters. Now we uh, this podcast has previously discussed the acting capabilities of our. Um, uh, our local actor, <laughs> Julian Dennison, made famous in Hunt for the Wilder People, where he played the the now very famous role of Ricky Baker, a role which he's pretty good at. Oh, yeah? no, yeah. Like, that film is incredible. It, yeah. and, and, and he's amazing in it. And, and, and the film also rests on his charisma. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah the, the film revolves around him, but that's, that's a testament to the work of Taika Waititi building a film around this kid and yeah and and him fitting it so perfectly and then he was somewhat confoundingly cast in deadpool 2 
um, in a very dramatic role, a role that offered no flexing of the comedic chops of which he had established his name on. But Deadpool 2 still felt like it... I guess it got away with it. Well, well, I think the thing about about Julian Dennison, especially in something like Deadpool 2, is that people go, people watch Hunt for the World of People and they go, he's funny because he's fat and he has a funny accent. And that's, <laughs> and that's, and then they're like, cool, well, let's get him in our movie. And, and apparently, um, like, so he had to train for Deadpool 2 to be able to do those stunts, but the studio was like, um, we need you to get in shape because you've got all these stunts to do, but you can't lose any weight. And so he had to like, get, you know fit but still be quite quite overweight and it's like they're telling this to a kid but um yeah so that because that's that's kind of what what everything like his career has rolled around and so you get that in Deadpool 2 and you watch interviews with him and he's the funny one quote unquote um and like he says they go oh like how have you been Julian he's like oh yeah I just got off a flight and then they're cracking up you bring that to New Zealand and he says, oh, I just got off a flight. They're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, did you have a good flight? Um, and Your accent then, is normal to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, that kind of deadpan sort of... Speaking, uh, but yeah, speaking like, and of, so, of flights, though, sorry. Yeah. Um, he also starred in uh, a New Zealand, an Air New Zealand safety oh, video, Lord. something that the company is famous for either swinging or missing with, and his one was decidedly a miss. The biggest oh, miss. It's um, actually like the worst I've, thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Maybe the worst one of all time. Um, And so his star fell a bit, at least in our circles. And I'm very, I'm very conscious of bad mouthing an actor that in the grand scheme of things, I'm more likely to meet in my life or even work with in my, you know, because I'm vaguely in the film. I'm not even stargazing. I'm saying it's not impossible we're like we're two degrees of separation away from this kid exactly and so i've always been very nervous of of talking about him as badly as as you two freely do but i gotta say man you either be a movie or you be a julian dennison vehicle and i don't understand why christmas chronicles christmas chronicles 2 is at both times the perfect role for for Julia Dennison, a, a straight to Netflix Christmas movie, and also spectacularly wrong. And yeah, here a Chris is Columbus directed Kurt Russell film, like mm. yeah, 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 yeah. Here is why it, it's maybe not his fault that he's so bad in this movie. And reader, listener, he's terrible in this film. He doesn't he act. Is, he literally he doesn't, doesn't act, act in the movie. Yeah, here is why it may, it's maybe not his fault, is that the role that he's playing is supposed to be Kurt Russell's nemesis. He's supposed to be equal to him. He's supposed to be the Lucifer to his God. He's supposed to be, like, what's an actual example of, well, Jack, like... Jack like Jack Frost um, and Santa Claus in the Santa Claus movie. Yep, or I was going to say Grindelwald and Dumbledore, which, you know, casting... Well, they were lovers. Should have... But but yeah okay but you're <laughs> yeah well we don't know that about Bell Snickle and Santa. <laughs> you're casting equals, you know. When you cast Johnny Depp against Jude Law, it's like yeah, it's Johnny Depp and Jude Law, and now it's Mad Mickelson, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This, like, even if you loved Hunt for the World of People, and even if you think Julian Dennison is hilarious, and that's actually okay if you do. He's not as good of an actor as Kurt Russell by any means. But also, of course, he's this not. This role is not a comedic role. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like he doesn't have jokes. It's you're not meant to laugh at Belsnickel. You're meant to be <laughs> yeah. like, wow, what a bad elf. 
Like, that's not a funny yeah. role. And you could have cast, uh, we talked about it in our group chat, but this could have been Paul Giamatti. This could have been Jeff Bridges. Like, this mm. could have been someone who just has a natural charisma and have, because it's also not relevant that he's a 15-year-old kid as well. Yeah, like, yeah. that's not really part of the well, role. And, and, and so, and, and also, I mean, we, we talked about this, but I, I even think that in the world of the movie, he shouldn't have been a child. Because Bel, sure, Belsnickel, yeah. the elf, becoming a human was like a punishment because he didn't obey the elf yeah, code. Yeah, so he should age up. And, and he was horrified yeah. that he became a, a human. But I'm like, elves work all year to create toys for children. So surely the biggest punishment for an elf would be to come to become an adult human, not a basically yeah. child. Ian McKellen. Cast Ian McKellen as Bell Snickle. Yeah. Cast Anthony Hopkins as Bell Snickle. Cast Betty White. Have you, have you seen, <laughs> have you seen um, Anthony Hopkins on Twitter? Have you seen the kind of videos that guy posts? Oh, he is a lunatic. He posts like <laughs> videos of him like dancing and cackling with his face two inches away from his phone camera. <laughs> and it's it's like, you know how when, when lockdown started happening and everyone was like seeing that celebrities when removed from their publicists is a dangerous thing? <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is that man. Like, you go watch the videos he posts, and you're like, man, this guy needs someone needs to tell him to stop doing these. My point is, he's insane and can play an elf. Um, <laughs> but that it's it's I I I struggle because I don't want to be like on necessarily on the Julian Dennison hate train. I think he's been miscast, but I don't think he could. He will never get a good role again. Yeah, but this well, is such is, a it, bad it role. It could work in a film like Deadpool too. Like that's like the world of Deadpool is made where you know you can do that kind of thing. He's in Godzilla versus Kong. I can't imagine that going well. No. <laughs> the, the issue. So fundamentally, the issue with Julian Dennison is this, and and it's a, it's broadly a child actor issue. The, the things that enable a child actor actor to be funny is like, oh, this child is 10 years old and yet they're precocious and they have an attitude like an adult. That is hilarious. You know, like Ricky Baker, he like made kind of sarcastic jokes and didn't care about it. And he was just like, oh, you're too cool. You know, and it was like, he's, he's acting older than he looks, which is inherently funny. The problem is when that actor becomes as old, like a a child who is like 10 to 12 that acts that way is a novelty. A 17, 18, 19 year old who acts sarcastic and cynical and like world weary and tries to make jokes is literally every single teenage male in New Zealand. That is not special. Yeah, I'm right. He's 18 years old now, which by, if, you know, if, if an actor started at 18, you wouldn't cast them in, in these, He's, you know what I mean? They'd be an adult It's actor. not funny for an 18-year-old to be acting that way. And the thing is that, so, so now he actually has to get by on real actual acting ability rather than just charm and charisma. And unfortunately, he doesn't have it. And that's proved by... Or... No, he doesn't. Or I'm sorry. Dir- he no, doesn't no, no. have it. No, I'm he just doesn't saying, have it. Uh, the right director, the right director could utilize him. It's the same. There are plenty of actors no, who I'm are sorry. like that. that, that the, like- the way that he read those lines and basically, like, what you just said is that basically, <laughs> oh, you, you just gave us a whole bunch of other actors that could do this role. And what you're saying is that he couldn't do this role because he couldn't act. Yeah, no, I just remembered how he delivers his lines. Yeah. You're right. Hey, well, look. Um. <laughs> also, also, the the whole plan at the beginning of this movie is that he has to use Kate 
to get to the North Pole because Santa is the only person who can go in and out of Santa's village because he's the only one who can navigate the um, the Northern Lights Aurora Borealis kind of thing. And so he can't get back into Santa's village. And it's stated that he's the only one that, that Santa's the only one that can go in and out. And so he has to try and get Kate so that Santa will come and pick her up. But it's like, what's the guarantee that Santa would even find her? Like, how did, like, the, the whole. He found her by coincidence in the, the film. The yeah. whole plan is just so poorly thought out. And then he hitches a ride on Santa's sleigh. And then can we get into Mrs. Claus? I was just going to mention her as we were, as we were wrapping up. Um, there's a lot of, like, armchair feminism in this film. It's it's that kind of it's the, what Disney's been doing with like Mulan and Dumbo, where they go, oh, we'll have a, a woman who's like into science, and then be like, okay, cool, that, that's feminist. Um, but because there's the whole thing about like, why do you never really hear about Mrs. Claus? And then it ends with um the 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 male one going on the adventure, um, being like, I'll never forget you, Mrs. Claus, and she says, uh, you will. And that's how it, you, you will from time to time, and that's how it should be. What did, what did that line even mean? I know. I genuinely exactly. have no idea what that means. Yeah. Like, is that part of the myth of Christmas that you're just supposed to forget Mrs. Claus from time to time? But 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 going back, there's some real creepy, like locked in kind of vibes with Mrs. Claus. Because first of all, when the children arrive, it's like the first time she's met children in years. And she's so excited because Mrs. Claus loves kids and loves hanging out with them. And I'm like, well, why the hell have Mrs. Claus and Santa never had kids? And like, why hasn't Santa gone, hey, why don't we adopt some kids or something? And then and mm. then it's stated specifically, she says Santa's the only one who can get in and out of Santa's village, <laughs> which means that he's got her locked up in the village. She can't go out and, you know, hang out with kids or whatever. And yeah. I, the whole thing is just real weird. Like <laughs> Santa could have a whole slew of kids and she doesn't know. And it's all Julian Dennison's fault. <laughs> and- yeah. um, so also for the record, this has 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. But like every review I've seen is like, yeah, the first one was wasn't too bad, but fuck, what the fuck was this one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think there was enough in this one for me to probably rank it at the top. To be honest with you guys, what? Um, oh. No, here's the thing about Netflix Miss that I've lost you guys in. I don't like any of these fucking movies. <laughs> 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 I don't like any of these and you guys are like how can you rank it above this and it's like because they're all fucking bad they're all bad they're all bad <laughs> that's why because I'm picking the, the best of a bad bunch and this had like the more professional production values and it had a a performance in Kurt Russell that I really enjoy and it's like that's enough for it to bump itself up probably to the, the top of the cream of the crop um which actually it's not i do i there's i do have a favorite that isn't this one um but by oh, so and you large, do like one of them i yeah but it doesn't count and we'll talk about why um <laughs> <laughs> by and large how can i be so crap on jingle jangle richard it's because i don't like any of these movies how can i be so crap on the next one i'm sure we're going to talk about because i don't like any of these movies and this had kurt russell in it and that's enough for me you're insane um all right so next worst one um i think we can all agree is 
Dolly Parton's Christmas Angel's Christmas Wish. No, I think it's Dolly Parton's Christmas Wish. Yeah, it's Dolly Parton, yeah. Okay, so Dolly Parton's Christmas Wish. I'm going to... I just have to Dolly Parton's Christmas on the screen. (laughs) Dolly Parton's Christmas Chronicles Wish. (laughs) Chocolate Nutcracker. (laughs) Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square is a fever dream of a musical. So Jingle Jangle, let's just say that's Broadway. So in terms of in terms of the quality of the production, in terms of what's been put in, in terms of the performers, the the way that it's presented to you, Jingle Jangle is a Broadway production with that kind of yep. level of performance um, and Everyone the money that's Broadway. put behind it. And if that if Jingle Jangle is Broadway, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square is a community theatre production put on by someone who works at your workplace in their spare time, and they invited you along and you go along and you're like oh my god this man is so awkward <laughs> i've been the person doing a community theater play that's invited a workmate <laughs> to... <laughs> that poor guy it was jeremy you remember oh. <laughs> <laughs> um so what's this actually about it's um it's uh your classic a a crotchety old woman's gonna shut down the town uh, by christmas yeah and she learns to love again it's the christmas trope of character who hates christmas which is i guess a christmas trope (laughs) it's it's kind of like um it's kind of like a christmas carol where scrooge even as a scrooge is it kind of owns or you know can financially seriously impact a large number of people um, just before Christmas. Um, so Christine Baranski plays uh, a woman whose father owned all of the land that a town is built on. Um, and he has passed away. And so now she owns it. Uh, she serves notice to the whole town on Christmas Eve and basically says, I'm selling this town to the Cheetah Mall Corporation. And this this whole town is going to be bulldozed to create a mall. Uh, and they quickly rally and, and protest. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how their protests would have worked. Um, there's also a guardian angel who happens to be Christine Baranski's PA. Um, and mm. that guardian angel <laughs> is being trained. Um, she's, she's not yet a guardian angel. She's a guardian angel in training, which is something that's borrowed heavily from life is, uh, sorry, no, <laughs> from it's a wonderful life. Um, and, and that guardian angel is being trained uh, in how to be one by Dolly Parton herself, who is the angel uh, that is kind of, the the Greek chorus slash the narrator slash anything she wants to be because she's bloody Dolly Parton and she's amazing, and that's the target audience is people who think that. yeah I think yeah, totally I've got I've got no connection to Dolly Parton I know like I can, she did Jolene that's yeah, right yeah. that's she's a, that's a about great as much personality as I and a great businesswoman she and, also and she also she's... wrote and I will always love you um, yeah well right. she also yeah she originally performed it as yeah. well um okay yeah but she's um yeah th- this film was and you know I, I watched this at work on, on a late shift and i remember thinking i'm gonna commit these because so- i was like fuck i'm actually kind of enjoying this and i was like i need to commit some of these songs to memory because jeremy was like sing one sing one last week when i said i like jingle jangle um and you know i've completely forgotten them. <laughs> but you know what i still remember magic man g from jingle jangle because it was a good song i don't I don't remember. I went back and listened to the songs from Jingle Jangle, and they're just as bad as I thought they were. I don't even remember what song Santa sings in Christmas Chronicles 2. Yeah. Yeah, Why would you? 
Because oh sorry, I guess you had a good point. Because I watched that one like yesterday. I, I think I think that Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square is like the most hallmark of all the movies we've watched. In terms of this yeah. like insane yeah. extremes of every every character in this film is going through the most extreme emotional event of their life. So there's a there's a, a, yeah. a pastor character and he and his wife, the first moment we're introduced to them, they own how's this for torture? They own a baby supply store and they can't have their own babies. And they're ho- oh. and they're hoping they're hoping, hoping, hoping Christmas wish is that they can maybe have a baby this year. Um and then Christine Bransky, not only is has she lost her father this year and she's shutting down the town, she also thinks she has a brain tumor that's gonna kill her really soon. The brain tumor thing was not was like not as it, it was a raisin in the salad of the yeah, movie. Yeah, it was like, what are you doing? Why is there a brain tumor? But plot there, there, there's movie? every plot, like every character has this massive like tension going on in their life. Oh, she also had a miscarriage earlier in life, by yeah, the way. But I kind of love all these things in the film. Like, it, like it all comes together. Like, if you accept that this is like just full cheese, it's like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I didn't dislike watching this one. Is I guess is what I'm saying, um, mm. because it's like, oh, what are they going to do next? And because because we uh, like last week, you know, Jeremy, you called it a concert, and I corrected you saying it's a variety show. It's neither. It's just a very it's just a very cheesy film. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a sta- It's a staged movie because it's adapted from a stage play yes yes it is no i think it's just no. an or- no? it's an original i, I it's, it's yeah really? there's like an oh, album wow, okay. to go with it but also it's um it's directed and choreographed by debbie allen <laughs> <laughs> it's a christmas miracle <laughs> yeah i mean it, like it's just the the despite my initial feelings about like, oh gosh, this is so embarrassing. I have to say, Christine Baranski totally does the work for this movie. She is such oh, yeah. a good actress that she manages to carry off the most ridiculous string of plot elements to the point <laughs> where I actually cared about her character, even though she was the character was written to be the most broadly sketched comic villain that you could possibly find. Yeah. And yet 20 she- minutes in, I'm like, oh my God, she's the protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> I keep being like, when's the protagonist going to show up to face off against this evil villain? And then I was like, oh, it's the Christmas Carol. Sorry. And, 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 and she's yeah, everything. The That's the thing. She's both the villain and the protagonist. She is basically carrying the entire weight of this preposterous cheese on her shoulders. And it's a testament to her, her talent. She does it. Preposterous cheese <laughs> <laughs> on her cheek, on her shoulders. Yeah, very nice. Um, well, I am forgetting this, like snowflakes falling on an untarnished snowy plain. I am forgetting this movie, Snowflake by Snowflake. Um, so shall we? What are you saying? <laughs> I've been watching too many Netflix Christmas movies, <laughs> and now my metaphors are all out of whack. <laughs> um, what? What shall we move on to the next one? Yes. Okay. So I that's Dolly Parton's. We can all agree on the next worst one, though. No. Okay. Here, whatever you think it is. I think we should talk about Angela's Christmas wish last to mirror how we talked about Alien Xmas last at the end of last episode because they're both. Well, but the Alien Xmas was actually the the best one. 
Well, I think Angela's Christmas is the best one. There, I said it. Jeremy, do you um, want a tie break? I also think that Angela's Christmas wish is the best one. All right. Let's talk about the just best another one. Christmas. Just another Christmas. <laughs> which is a, a where, where is this one from? Brazilian. Brazilian? It's a Brazilian, um, it, it, it kind of pitches itself as a, a Christmas time loop movie, but it's more like Click, the Adam Sandler yeah. movie. So it's it's a guy gets knocked out on, on Christmas 2010 and then wakes up and it's Christmas 2011. And then when he goes to bed, uh, he wakes up and it's Christmas 2012 and he's uh, just skipping through his life, experiencing only the Christmases. But, but um, he, he's cursed he actually by an old exists. man. He actually yeah. exists for the yes. rest of the year. There's another version of him, basically, with that memory that yeah. exists for the rest of the year. And then he reappears from like the 2010 timeline for one day each year. But he realizes that basically he is living his life the rest of the year. Yeah. So he's essentially, yeah, like catching up on his life and seeing all these horrible decisions he made and, and whatnot. Um, he, he mm. finds out about having an affair and like leaving his wife and then they end up back together and and all these things happen to him and, and he's only kind of just getting these glimpses of his life and it, it is very much like it's it's essentially a cross between 51st Dates and Click two Adam Sandler movies because yeah. it's a guy rapidly skipping through his life missing out on on so much but then also having to be caught up each time um very 51st mm. Dates-ish um yeah this starts off as a very dumb comedy um about this guy who's very wacky he hates christmas he's got long longish curly hair and um yeah or everything that can go wrong will go wrong at christmas um and then the next christmas is like what am i doing i don't remember any of this and then it skips ahead like five or six christmases at one point um and now he's got short hair his marriage isn't what it used to be a mustache and yeah then all these like harsh reality starts setting in him and his um him and his wife he was well, he's cheating on his wife that's why he grew a mustache um because his mistress liked that the, happens the when you cheat on your wife yeah <laughs> it's like this it's the like getting pimples letter. on your tongue when you lie <laughs> um yeah and then um you know spoilers for just another christmas which i would recommend watching um yeah, then, then, and and one um, Christmas, he finds out his his daughter, his, who we meet as a very young little girl, his daughter uh, now has a child and breast cancer, and it's it's too late to do anything about it. And then the following Christmas, she's dead. It's a package deal, <sighs> and it's and it's like it's much like Click. It starts as a very dumb comedy, and then at the end, you're like, oh my god, this it wallops is you. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and then he, I, I was, I was, I was really taken back by this because i i i watched the first half on the bus at 1.5 speed and it was like this very wacky silly everyone's moving fast and then my god when i watched the latter half at home on normal speed it just it really it really <laughs> what worked. an experience it's That's almost a whole podcast concept right there <laughs> it's, it's almost like watch it's almost like watching movies at the speed that they were intended to be watched at really really gives us different quality <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Look, it, it's and, and in the end, he um he is able to go back to Christmas twenty ten, having now learned the meaning of Christmas. Yeah, and you know he can um the the you know he he makes sure that his daughter is going to check for lumps, I guess, <laughs> as she gets older, 
Um, well, because they explicitly say in the movie, I didn't get it checked in time, which yeah. is how they go. Because if they don't say that, then he's just going back in time to experience the inevitable death of his daughter. Yeah, but, but much <laughs> slower. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and, okay, I the, which, thought... Which is called the arrival ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, look, I didn't really like this movie. Um, it, I thought some of the performances were fun in the first half, but I wasn't crazy about it. But I also don't like Click for the same reason. I don't like that Click is a a, dis, a drama disguised as a comedy, especially with like actors who like aren't the best in dramatic roles. Um, I feel like that's the kind of thing that in a in a different thing you would like though. I don't like jarring tonal shifts in movies. Oh, well, actually, yeah, you have you have stuck. To yeah, that. I'm consistent. I'm now understanding another reason why you don't like my favorite movie of all time, About Time. Because About Time does exactly the same thing and ends with pretty much exactly the same message. Uh, It's better in About Time because the tone is more consistent all the way through. This literally goes from like Jack and Jill to atonement. (laughs) 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 Um, Jack and Jill? (laughs) don't, Don't mess with the Zohan. I, for all the things I don't like about about time, I I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge its its handling of the dramatic with the comedic. Um, I also thought though, like it, the the idea of waking up once a year for however many years he wakes up for, and it goes past twenty twenty, it goes into the future. Mm. Um, that is a concept so existentially terrifying to me because he's what thirty eight. 39 yeah. in the yeah. first one that's you can now count approximately how many days you've got left to live and, and, and also and also how many days you've got left until all of your friends and family die and that is not the existentialism of this is not even mentioned and that to me was such a terrifying concept of it and when i think when i saw when i read the plot synopsis um, like the the Netflix one, which gives you like a couple of sentences. And I was like, oh, it's Groundhog Day, but on Christmas. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what it's what, made out to be like, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, what a great and also like obvious idea. I can't believe no, like some Brazilian comedy is the first <laughs> one to do that. Uh, but it, it's not that. And I think that would be less existentially terrifying <laughs> because you, you don't get older and you're actually immortal in a time loop yeah. situation. This, this movie, this movie is to Groundhog Day what Christmas Crossfire is to Die Hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, and I'm not, this isn't going to be like last week, Richard, when you were like, I love Jingle Jangle. And I was like, I did not love it. This is more like, you could you could tell me all the things you would love about this movie. And I'd be like, yeah, that was great. And but right. I just didn't, I just, um, it's, yeah, I, like, I just thought it was still the, a bad you're movie. You're talking about the existential crisis of it. I thought there was, like when it was, because you know, you, you do the typical thing on, um, on like a time loop movie where you set up like a very specific set of events and you can tell that that's what they're setting up and then yeah so there's things like the turkey gets burnt or like the the guy runs away with the turkey and there's like he discovers a cake in the fridge and and all this stuff and then even when he wakes up the the um you know for the second christmas i was like oh yeah here's this coming but there was a few things that were different like the color of the post-its on the mirror was different and i was like oh my god like is this like a time loop movie where he can actually change things or it's like he wakes up in a slightly and i was i was so fascinated by it and then realizing it was the following year i was like 
fuck that's a good idea that's I, like f- for me i was like this is i i can't believe i haven't seen this before and I mean, like obviously I this click, I... but he's in control and he knows like when it is but the fact of like just waking up a year later and you've you've lived a life completely you know oh, i, I thought it was incredible yeah I and i think it, it's also concept. it's a it's quite a hard concept to actually explain and i think they do a really good job of getting the audience to be like oh so that's what's happening you yeah. know without without showing the rest of the family throughout the rest of the year living with the dad who is not that dad yeah like, we only get mm. one glimpse of um the the rest of the year um george which is um when his mistress essentially is like no we have a happy life together look you recorded this message you know a month ago <laughs> and it's like it's I very really it's very that. obviously written and she's off screen telling him what to say and he he doesn't look fully into it but um yeah like i, I thought i thought it was a fascinating like not showing us everything and i yeah i just thought it was so clever do you think this is one of those movies where if it was a if it was made in the 80s and was probably a, had to, would have to be american for this to be the case um it was kind of like a tent pole in 80s film like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Do you think that there would be um crack.com articles written about it where it's like from a different perspective the story you're told is the bad one because I I couldn't help but think that two Christmases on like removed from his failed marriage where he's with someone else and one day of the year he's who he was 10 years ago that like maybe I would understand why he'd be upset but maybe he's like happier being for the rest of the year, he's happier being with the woman he's with. Like people make mistakes and they move on and they fall out of love. But if if I was in a situation and I had you know moved on and gotten a divorce and was with someone new, I'd be very frustrated if for one day of the year I intentionally would sabotage <laughs> myself to like pull myself back to where I what I wanted ten yeah, years but ago. At, at the same time, we are explicitly shown that he's not actually happy the rest of the year. Well, we're not explicitly we? shown. It's implied what? by the video he's forced to record. Yeah, and I think I think there's the idea that he he made he made mistakes and he let things go with his mm. like his his wife and yeah, he's yeah. kind of ashamed of that and this is the life he's living now and it's just easier to kind of you know just go along mm, with because it. he forgot the true meaning of Christmas and the the time loop whatever you want to call it situation gives him the unique perspective to see his character flaws and also the, from and, that position and, and also the sense of like it's not my fault i'm not the person who did this and so i've got to get back to what i really want like i've got to get back to the right yeah. thing it's the ghost of christmas future but an entire like you're seeing all of them yeah I also thought that you don't actually see him fix anything. It's just one Christmas he wakes up and he's back with his wife. No, and it basically it's like the emotional labor of actually getting back together with her. He basically puts on the wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, by, by the by the way, getting back to your point about the eighties kind of American version of this, John Candy or like Jim Belushi. Oh, sorry, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, as as the main character, I think that would be a great vehicle. Oh, he's. A hop, skip, and a jump away from every comedy leading man from twenty years ago. Yeah, 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 this yeah. guy. I would, um, I would genuinely love to see an Adam Sandler remake of this. I think I would like a remake more, probably. Um, I, I think ton- is, tonally, but. it's hard to get on board with like actors we've never seen before in anything 
language that we haven't seen before and we can't understand unless unless it's unless some language we've never t- seen before <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But, but like you know a terrible dub doesn't help it either and so and tonally it's quite obviously different cultures have different ways of being funny and different sort of you know all that sort of stuff so i i think that it took me a while to take this movie on its own terms and once i did it was really enjoyable. That's a good way to put it. Do you know what the best joke in this movie was? What? What's that? Is that he? It's like his seventeenth Christmas. The whole family knows he's a different person on Christmas. He opens the door to let um one of the the relatives in, and he makes a pun or he says something, some lame joke to like this crotchety old man, and the crotchety old man looks at him and goes, "You wake up once a year to say this shit." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I actually laughed at that. So that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I I did not expect to be hit as hard by this movie at the end as I was. Um, Mm. And I think that was, you know, largely to do with the fact that I've got a daughter and like just genuinely sort of, and and, and this kind of movie makes you get all misty eyed about kind of, it it makes you think about what is your life heading towards? You know, like think about the true meaning of Christmas. Mm. Well, and, and, and we're, you know, if, if you're to look really far ahead, what are the things that you want to invest in now so that things go well in the future? And, and, and I mean, that's, you know, it's a wonderful life. That's a Christmas carol. It's, it's all these Christmas movies where it's like, hey, take this one time in the year to look ahead and go, who are you happy with, with, with the way you're living your life and, and what it's creating around you? And I think um, this movie does a really good job of that and does a really good job of, send, and it's cheesy as it might be. Um, I think he actually does a pretty good job of actually bringing in the emotional center yeah. of it. And the the actress who plays his daughter, I think, does an excellent job of that. But, oh my gosh, Shrek almost ruins it. Oh my God, what a great talking point. I'm so glad you remember. Okay, so some movies have Star Wars. Some movies, if they don't have enough money, they use Night of the Living Dead. There is an agreed upon canon on movies that can be used within movies, I think. <laughs> I, you know, Psycho. Psycho's one of them. Um, I would say even Shrek One could be used as this. The the movie that's at the the emotional heart of this. The movie film. that the daughter loves more than any other movie, and her father refuses to watch with her any yeah. at all. Is is not is not Shrek. It is not Shrek Two. It is the twenty minute special short film feature Shrek the Halls because that's about Christmas and it plays like it does a thing where you'll see like a scene of it on TV and it's supposed to be like oh of course that iconic scene from Shrek the Halls. (laughs) It's like I've seen Shrek the Halls twice. I don't remember. That's more than I should have seen it. I don't remember the scenes. It's it's such a strange. It should have been like that. We talked about last week that Rankin Bass, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, or I don't maybe in Brazil, Shrek the Horses. <laughs> like <laughs> like like how Snoopy's Christmas is only popular in New Zealand. Yeah, pe- as people a don't realise that Shrek the Halls is actually based off another movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's it's the they don't know about Shrek, they just know about Shrek the <laughs> Um Like I I yeah, that was so so strange. It reminded me of that. Um, I feel like this is a very obscure thing that we've brought up so many times on the podcast and, and relative to how easy it is to explain. But there's a movie called World's Greatest Dad where Robin Williams quotes Simon Pegg about zombies. And it's like, <laughs> why is it so weird that Robin Williams is quoting Simon Pegg? What, why is a character in a film quoting INDB trivia that I would quote to AJ? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, 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 it felt like along the same lines as that, that it's like Shrek, most people probably don't know Shrek the Halls exists. And it's like serves as the emotional MacGuffin of the whole film. Oh, I thought it was And nice. also I think there's a, there's a generational aspect to the films that are allowed to be talked in in films. They need to yeah, be part yeah, of like yeah. a kind of a classic canon that we've all agreed on. Like, you know, it, would not, it wouldn't be weird for, you know, say the characters in this movie to, you know, and it, let's just bring it into the English language fold like um you know if they were quoting from it's a wonderful life yeah. or yeah. home alone or even love actually would or be a, a movie that's that's considered to be What's culturally culturally you mean christmas crossfire richard oh sorry <laughs> um but, they but should have been watching be jolly pardon's christmas on the square <laughs> but for it to be Shrek the Halls and for the characters in the movie to make kind of emotional like realization points around like you look like Shrek and mum is Princess Fiona and like all this sort of stuff. It's like, no, this is too casual. I don't, I can't explain this. I can't quite articulate this, but a similar thing happened to me many years ago when a friend of a friend gave me their sitcom pilot to critique and the weirdest the weirdest note i had to give them was one of the characters was like an idiot so he was nicknamed homer as a reference to homer simpson and i was like you that you can't do that you can't homer is not as homer is not ubiquitous with the concept of stupid that you can just assume the character of homer is, is, is too broad they should have given yeah, you a pass it, over the uh, zombieland 2 script then I thought the same thing when I saw Zombieland 2 as they call some of the zombies homers. And I was like, this feels t- not c- accurate. You were like, mm, not these- enough people know who Homer Simpson is. <laughs> but it's not that, is it? I can't explain it. That's my whole but point. Also, not I enough might people, cut this part out. <laughs> not enough people know Homer Simpson solely as a, a, a sort of a an allegory for stupidity like mm. it just as stupidity because he's too rich of a character over the years i i disagree i think i i think homer simpson is probably one of the most recognizable characters on the planet um yes but not just for being like simple and dumb i should not have brought this up <laughs> okay feel free to cut it if you want okay. no don't leave it <laughs> all right Shall we talk about the, the worst best? one? <laughs> it's not the worst one. All right. The last one we've got to talk about today is a 40 minute um, sequel, which we, I found out well late into this project <laughs> um, called Angela's Christmas Wish. It's a sequel to Angela's Christmas, which was part of Netflix was 2017, which maybe we'll rediscover someday. Oui. Some Christmas in the future. Um, Just another Christmas. It's, it's a. <laughs> It's a CGI Irish story. Um, it's about a little girl. And uh, what, what time? What time? Computer CGI Irish. Irish. Nin- <laughs> 1913. 1913. Her dad's off in Australia for some reason. Um, and so the, the mum's crook. looking after the kids. He's not a crook, is he? He's like <laughs> no, no, no. Basic, basically, um, at, at this time in Irish history, so this is taken from the writings of Frank McCourt, who's the guy who wrote the book Angels Ashes, um, and he's very like he's is very well known for writing like kind of scorching kind of histories of how hard it was in periods of Ireland's history, and essentially talking about like the men. There was no work to be found at all, and so in order to actually survive, um, men had to go find opportunity over in places like right. Australia, work and send money home and so essentially right at the beginning of this film literally in the first 30 seconds the this cute 
tiny toddler child, this little girl, Angela, has to is is abandoned by her father with like barely a word spoken. A concept she only understands as he waves at her from the boat. And and like I was not prepared. Like genuinely, I went straight from the end of Just Another Christmas watching this girl die of breast cancer and like <laughs> and the father have to say goodbye to her. And then we go straight into this tiny toddler who's around the age of Ivy at the moment being abandoned being by her father because he because he has to go. And I was just like bawling my eyes out. I was like, I can't so, deal with this. So the, the rest of the story is set a couple years later and it's nearing Christmas and Angela's big Christmas wish is that she'll get a, a doll, a, a really yes. pretty doll. And um, it's sort of, I'm trying to streamline summarizing it. Essentially, they think that the, the thing their mum wants for Christmas is for their da to come home. Um, and they kind of work out, they work out they they try to catch a train to Australia from looking at an atlas, and it ends up being like they can convince the the haughty torty town vet to look after someone's baby cow if they can bring the dad home, and it's like this these naive children thinking it's very easy to get someone home from Australia essentially is is yeah. what you need to know. Um, very adorable performances from these little Irish children. Um, and in the in the end, it turns out after they fail to get their their da home, um, it turns out that uh the mum's special surprise, which Angela thought was the doll, was actually the dad coming home and maybe that was obvious i did not see it coming (laughs) i did not see it coming no and and say what you want about me being dumb because of that oh such a homer fine no fine i'll I'll take i'll take the l i'll take it like what maybe i'm dumb for not realizing this but put yourself in my shoes and imagine how fucking emotional i felt When she turns around and you think, I, I figured that she probably wasn't going to get the doll, that it would be like, the real meaning of Christmas is not possessions. So I knew it wasn't going to be It's family, that. her dad coming home. But I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't give the movie enough thought to see that part coming. And so when she turns around and sees her dad and they animate um, a very nuanced and realistic yeah, reaction, yeah, yeah. which is like, she almost doesn't look happy. She looks like she, she it's like she loses her breath and sort of crumples. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, like it's, she's actually, it's, it's a fucking beautiful bit of animation because yeah, it's, it it's, it's not like, well, oh my God, dad's home. It's, I don't know how to process this. I can't understand what's happening. Yeah. yeah. And I, well, I, I watched this in class when I should have been working <laughs> and I was nearly, I welled up and I was like, oh my God, like the, particularly that piece of animation, which I'm glad you guys picked up on as well. It, it was just so, it reminded me of an inside out when she like lets out the breath at the end, mm. the like stuttered breath yeah. where it's, it's just like this profound emotional response that I immediately recognized, but never knew I recognized it's before. It's profoundly human. Yeah. yeah, and so I was so I the rest of the movie is like I don't dislike it, it's fun, whatever. But then it got that to point and I was like, oh my god, I feel so emotionally involved in this now. And um it was so sweet and so beautiful and so like 
taps through the cynical shell that makes up me as a person <laughs> and was a it's it's the first time in a long time that a christmas movie has been able to sincerely show me the true meaning of christmas <laughs> and not have me roll my eyes and go yeah 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 it's family Aww. you know and, and all so it funny. took was for a 5 year old girl to truly be the audience surrogate for you <laughs> that's insane. like I, do, I, I i can't get over the fact that you didn't know that was coming like, literally, like I mean, the father I'm sure leaves if at the I start of the film. It. It's, he's obviously going to come back at the end. It's a Chekhov's I'm... gun. It's a Chekhov's I gun. Know! AJ. <laughs> I just peeked. I'm sorry. God damn it. I'm going to have to cut that out. No, um, it's I know. I, I know. And and like whatever. It's 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 not because I'm stupid. It's because <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the movie for most of the time I was watching it. Right. I was like yeah. passively watching it while um if my bosses are listening, I was some simultaneously doing other work. Yeah. Like I've right? spoken so about it was... how call me by your name took me by surprise because I didn't realize I cared about it. Until the end is like, right. oh shit. And then like like Paddington 2 has a very similar ending. And I fucking cried at that. When it's like, mm. when Aunt Lucy shows up. My God, what a good movie. <laughs> I think I think I even knew the dad would come back. It's just the, the specific Oh, now you're backtracking. Well, I'm trying to remember. I think it was less that I didn't think the dad would come back and more that I didn't realize that the Christmas surprise that I'd been hyped up from the whole, the whole <laughs> short film was going to be the dad coming back. Watching this whole movie be like, yo, can't wait for that Christmas surprise. <laughs> like, seriously, and like, oh, I, I, I genuinely... I, I'm. You're not dumb, and you you get movies. So I, 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 I'm <laughs> thank not, you. That's I'm what not, I'm trying to convey. <laughs> I'm not thinking that you're dumb. I'm just so flummoxed by how you could not have picked up on all of the like beats where like the mother's super excited and she's cleaning everything and like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, I get it. I agree with you, but um, I, it, it means I like. <laughs> yeah, you, you had a really all... wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah, you can measure how much more I enjoyed. You would this, have had the same movie. beautiful reaction as Angela. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I'd seen your face. <laughs> That's so. I funny. was crying. I had tears in my eyes. It was a wonderful experience. It was a thing. I did not expect this movie to be like one of the only movies in the last. 20 years to make me cry <laughs> <laughs> and all it took was for you to be momentarily idiot <laughs> yeah. i um i yeah i don't know I, I just found this predictable to be honest <laughs> <laughs> like when when is it predictable <laughs> um all right so this is your one then is it aj I loved this. I thought it was beautiful. I'd, I'd actually be keen to go and watch Angela's Christmas. Yeah, it, it is weird that it, these are forty-minute short films when it feels they feel like episodes from a TV show. It's strange. Yeah, but um, maybe they don't have the budget. I, I, I don't want to have Jingle Jangle as mine because I liked just another Christmas way more than it. Hmm. Okay, but also Jeremy That's likes fine. just another Christmas, so maybe we just well, don't have okay. to have I any. Yeah, I, I think we, I think we can, we can, we don't need to settle on one. We don't need to Christmas is, subscribe Christmas is to for everyone. theory that we all have one. The true meaning of Netflix must is realizing they're all bad, <laughs> except Klaus. <laughs> except Klaus, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Like we're never um, going to get another Klaus on this. No. <laughs> so the true meaning of Netflix must is. Um, Hallmark-esque movies, as yeah. I said at the start. And speaking which of is... which, next year, a little preview, we're going to get some more of these. There's a couple that yeah. have been announced already. 
Um, as we mentioned last week, there is a Princess Switch 3 coming next year. Um, and yeah. there's also a film called A Castle for Christmas, starring Carrie Elways and Brooke Shields. Oh, cool. You say, oh, cool, like it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, that is the that is Netflixmas for 2020. Woohoo! We made it through. Um, let us know what your favorite Netflix Christmas movie was this year, and what you think we should do about the the the, the predicament that is a it is a very practical problem to have too many movies that aren't listed anywhere on any website. Netflix doesn't tell you, and so. This is becoming harder and harder as the films exponentially increase. As they, um, as, as they, what we like to call Hudgens. Oh, <laughs> speaking of exponential increases, um, something happened yeah. between our last record and this record is that ne- someone at Netflix has clearly listened to this podcast. They copied me. Oh yeah, yeah. they copied me. Um, Jeremy, do you want to explain what happened? Uh, well, I, uh, a friend of the pod, Eric Peterson, sent us all uh, in a very excited uh, manner. Sent us all message on on Instagram. Uh, a, a he sent us a trailer from the Princess Switch. Is it? It, it was kind of like a. joke. It was like Netflix Instagram or something. Yeah, like Netflix that. Instagram made like a joke trailer about like how you know basically the Princess Switch is just going to go on forever and ever, and they're just going to keep adding Vanessa Hudgens, different Vanessa Hudgens, but. The, the ending of it was to advertise a movie that had the suffix Princess Switch Switcheroo. Mm. <laughs> Which is, Which what is Jeremy exactly said. what I called it. That's what I, we I said like, last one. time was we should get exponential Vanessa Hudgenses and it should be called Princess Switch Switcheroo. And that's too much of a coincidence. I still think it should just be called Switched Again with an exclamation mark. <laughs> And then um, the next one is switched again with a question mark. <laughs> switched again? <laughs> and the twist is they didn't switch. Okay, so that is Netflix Miss 2020, everybody. If you liked this, please go and uh, subscribe to us on all the podcasting platforms. You can also find our YouTube videos over on YouTube, and you can like Cole Popture as a general conglomerate over on facebook you can follow us on twitter and instagram um you can also support us on patreon patreon.com slash cole and you can join our discord which there'll be a, a link to in the show notes um yeah merry christmas guys merry christmas jeremy merry, merry christmas richard the true the true meaning of christmas is spending time together with you guys this has mm. been great yeah let's do it all again next year it just sucks that I have to watch all these stupid movies just to just to <laughs> hang out with you. <laughs> Stay tuned for our post-credit scene as well. See you later, everybody. And to all, a see you later, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
So no, well, we can we can answer this. It's not a particularly fun or wacky um, <laughs> post-credits yeah. question to ask. Um, so well, it, 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 we kind of improvise doing our live shows very close to when they happen. We've done two so far. Oh yeah, um, w- one last year and one the year before, both around Christmas time. There are no current plans for one this year. Part of the issue being that Rich and I live in different cities, whereas if we uh, lived in the same city, I reckon we'd probably do more potentially um so no <laughs> the answer. there are no plans for one but i'm not opposed to doing yeah, but also yeah, i am future. going to be in christchurch in a week from today so mm. who knows what do you want to do, do you want I don't, should we do um should we do another improv episode as a live show <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> if, if people aren't laughing at me because there's no one else in the room that's fine but if people in a if i'm in a room full of people and they are not laughing at me then no absolutely um, not yeah i don't know oh yeah like maybe we'll do uh, like like definitely there will be more live shows to come i imagine um mm. but yeah whether or not there happens to be one this christmas which is you know which is when we've generally done them um yeah, it remains to be, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but it's also, we don't have anything planned just as of yet. It's hard to do live shows as our, with our show as well. I feel like we've got to the point where our show is so like, um, you've, you can't, you gotta, you gotta listen to multiple, like a lot of our live show audiences are people dropping in because they've heard about it and not because they're fans. Yeah. Well, I wonder if maybe like, like, could we do a live show that isn't film franchise fortnights? I think that's probably both yes we can and is what we should have done <laughs> this whole time oh uh, yeah um, I I think yeah like be, like if option. anyone's got any suggestions for a format or like of our show that would work at, like well as a live show maybe yeah. like because we could do like a game show or something like that yeah that'd be cool yeah we could do um what was the game i did on happening actual movie or cheese dream could do yeah that. yeah could do just do just reignite soda popture do a live q a <laughs> god Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine that. Come to and ask me a question. Who are you? I'm AJ from Cole Popshire. I don't know what either of those things are. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. <laughs> 